Welcome back. Thank you for hanging out with us once again. This is the one and only IT in the D show. This is episode 438. I probably sound like a Pharrell from uh, ESPN radio. I've been uh, under the weather for the last couple of weeks. So we're, let's, we'll, we'll do our best. I'm your host, Bob Waltenspiel, hanging out with the co-host, producer extraordinaire, Randy Walker. You can find us online, itinthed.com. Do us a favor. Give us a like on the socials. Subscribe to us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. Guest this week, one of our all-time favorites, Monica Wheat. She's the managing director of TechStars, a very cool program in Detroit. She uh, shares my ailments. She's been, uh, we had to cancel last week because she was sick too. She's <laughs> back to normal, so hopefully she can carry this episode. But I, uh, I sincerely appreciate you coming back, and we look forward to a great conversation. Don't forget to check out us out on Meetup, meetup.com slash ITND. Next week, we're going to be at Nancy Whiskey down in Corktown in Detroit on the patio, Telemordu and uh, cold PBR, Randy. I think that's a, that sounds good to me. Sounds fine. Or you'll, you'll drink your seltzers or, or your sour <laughs> odd sides or whatever it is that you drink. Um, I did go to a great bar yesterday. I'd never been to is the Breakman. Have you been there yet, Monica? I have. We've had a couple of things there. Yep. That I'm not cool. going to say. I'm not. I wouldn't say their food i'm not a connoisseur but that i'll be it, it was like some of the best food i've ever had like it was so good and sitting down and pouring your own drinks and paying by the ounce you know i was like they don't know me very well if they're gonna sit <laughs> in front of the tap handle um but hey so you know tech stars you've been there for a while you're, you're starting to branch out city wise for those that don't know what tech stars is i guess let's you know talk to me about what you guys do and let's dive into a couple of cool projects you're working on Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I have been with Techstars for a while. Um, the, the nonprofit that I run that does a lot of ecosystem dev is Venture Catalyst. And that's how the partnership started um, way back in like 2010. Um, and so with that, um, Techstars, for those who don't know, is also the sponsor of our, our, our one of our most well-known events, which is Detroit Startup Week. So Techstars Detroit Startup Week is also a Techstars program. Um Gained to up to 16,000, um, 15,000, 16,000 um, people per year. Um, really massive event. But that's a big, massive conference. Um, but Techstars is more well-known for being a global accelerator and investment fund. Um, so there's the community side, which are like the startup weeks. And then there are the more investment side that is more structured and more focused on, um, you know, how do we develop, you know, a small cohort of companies specifically. Um, and that's the accelerator side. And that's pretty massive. It's... Um, Techstars is in 40 locations um, worldwide. Um, we have multiple, uh, we have a pretty broad network on both the investor side, which is like 15,000 investors, the mentor side, which is like 7,000 mentors, um, and the founder side. We had about 2,900, 3,000 founders have graduated from our program. We do about 500 um, companies per year now. Um, and so it's a pretty massive effort, all focused on what do founders need to um, accelerate to the next level. Um, and so the accelerator concept mostly isn't new to most folks, but for those who it may be new to um, a formalized accelerator um, is three months um, full time. Um, you're working on your business, so it's not like you're taking a break, but it's three months full time and it involves investment. And so we choose from all the applications. We choose um, those 10 or 12 that we think that we with some investment dollars and with the mentorship and with um, the curriculum, um, with with our overall program, that we can help them leverage and scale. So I hate um, to call this Shark Tank, um, but you're getting you're getting <laughs> hammered with you know, look at me, look at me. What's is there? A, obviously, you must have a criteria or a checklist. Like, 
are are you privy to tell what that is um or or, you know i'm just curious to like what what box you know hey these these people check every box you know they're they're all in we always say like if there's like six things that we look at the first three are all team um team 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 are the first three we're really looking for founders who have passion who have grit who have identified a, um, a really cool idea and can speak about it confidently um, who have a good relationship with those that they've um, connected to be on this team with, who have who have a good, you know, just all, all those positive things, all about the team. Because at the early stage, which is where we focus, the early stage is really um, the ideas can pivot. Um, the ideas will pivot multiple times. The teams will pivot over, over time. Some, you know, people moving to different roles, all those kind of things. So it really is us investing in the team, the jockey, um, if you will, and the jockey, not the horse. Um and so team, team, team. And then we'll go into like looking at their idea of the market and their traction. Um, but in every, I, I would say one of the unique things about um, Techstars as a, as a whole, um, from a messaging standpoint, we always say it's the the capital, uh, it's the connections, it's the program, and those combined equal opportunity. Um, but the way that we do that is that in each of the 40 cities, each of those um, managing directors are all um, individual fund managers. And so we get to choose a thesis that fits our, our client, our city, our focus. And most of us recruit globally, like Detroit. Um, and so it's up to us to kind of come up with a unique take on the resources and in, in that ecosystem and bring those to find these 10 or 12 founders that we think can do really well. No, that's great. Like, I, I don't want to say, like, do you have any, like, what's your, you know, like Shark Tank, if you look at it, there's always like the scrub buddy, we did, you know, or like the one that like, <laughs> I think, no, didn't they found a ring, but then they sold it and then it blew up or something. Yeah. Uh, do you have I any of those? Do you have any cool stories? on yeah, someone I mean, like- <laughs> There's, a, there are 19 um, uh, Techstars companies that have become um, billion, billion dollar valuation unicorns. 19. Um, 19. It's a, it's a, we're very, very proud of the robust nature of the things that we've been able to put together. Me personally, I start when I started with Techstars years ago, being a consultant, being, you know, an advisor, helping them run um, startup programs in different cities. Um, I've done a lot of, and I've worked with a lot, but people always ask me that question. And I always say the same thing. I never choose, you know, which ones are my favorite. I never, I never point this out, but there's some really, um, your favorite kid, Monica, come on. What is your favorite kid? (laughs) You can't do that. Can't do that. Um, cause this whole process is like me being like getting the privilege actually of being in the midst of some of the world's most amazing people who are just doing fascinating things. They're just so intelligent. Um, so fearless to some extent, because it is all risk and all hard work, you know, with no guarantee that you're going to get the outcome. So it's amazing people. But, um, most recently I ran a program in Baltimore called Techstars Equitech, and that was Techstars first, um, first accelerator that had diversity as a thesis. And so it was, they had three kind of prongs. It was either you're underrepresented founder, um, or you were a founder from any background, but you were, um, launching a company that was um, creating equity and access for some some larger mass group, or you could be a founder from any background and you had diversity and equity as part of the core of your company. Um, and so, if you fit one of those criteria, you were part. You could you were eligible to be part of the the Equitech class. And so, was super excited that um, we actually were able to bring two companies um, from Detroit to join us in Equitech. Um, one of which is Farron Homes, which is a person to person marketplace um, that is allowing people to do the entire process of real estate, um, buying, selling, valuations, paperwork, all that kind of stuff, digitized super fast um, without the um, without the need of agents and um, underwriters and all those kind of other things that slow the process down and make it con- con- um, confusing, 
um, and inaccessible for many folks. Um, and the other one is athletic, um, which is a, a really cool marketplace. Um, uh, Action Keys runs athletic. Um, Paris Dean runs um, Sparing Homes. But athletic is a marketplace that matches student athletes um, to brands. Um, there's a new rule for the NCAA. It's called NIL, um, name, image, likeness, I think is what it stands yep. for. Yeah. And so it's taking advantage of the NIL um, change, which allows student athletes who usually are the powerhouses of all these um, colleges to actually make money off of the fact that these colleges are monetizing their names, their scores, their performance. About kind of time. Yes. And uh, Athletic has been killing it. Sparin has been killing it. Just really, really amazing deals that they're doing, just work that they're doing, raises that they're doing. So super excited to have been able to bring um, them from Detroit with me to do the Techstars Aquatech program. Uh, and then just yesterday, um, we had one of the Techstars Aquatech companies, um, Ecomap, um, they lo- they just announced the close of their um, their Baltimore company, but um, they're also part of the Equitech family. Um, but they just announced the close of their first seed round, three point five million dollars. Um, and so what they do is they do um, what are proprietary eco maps, which aid people who do the work that I do. Um, you could be a strategist, a consultant, you could be a, co- a corporate executive, you could be an ecosystem developer, an investor, um, or an entrepreneur. Uh, and the goal is with Ecomap is that you can get these um, curated, automated, um, custom algorithm-based um, ecosystem maps uh, that will allow you to massively get a lot of information about a specific area or an industry vertical. So they did they did one for Facebook uh, and some other teams um, in collaborative that mapped out AR VR, telling you who they who's the hot companies, who their hot investments, wh- who's hiring who you should pay attention to, all those kind of things, or that you could do an ecosystem like a city or like um, tech stars or like, um, you know, any anything that needs massive amounts of information. And it automates, it automatically updates and it's, it's finding connections. It's becoming this AI-based information source that allows them to seed a lot of really cool projects. And so they literally just closed their, their announcement yesterday. So just proud of my teams and, and proud of all of them. Um, and they just all keep hitting new heights and, and, and closing deals and, and raising um, capital. And it's just exciting to see and exciting to have the privilege to be a part of it. No, I love it. Now, that's the thing I was just thinking about the word startup. And like, it's a, I don't want to say it's a loose term, but like, can they age out or size out? Is it, where, where does it, where do they stop being a startup? I think honestly, like there are companies that are full-fledged quote unquote corporations that still consider themselves a startup. I think you kind of tell yourself when you're not a startup anymore. Um, it, it, I think there's a time, if you look at the scale from like something coming from an idea all the way to something growing and you have 200, 300 people, there are startups that have thousands of people that still consider themselves a startup as they're still navigating new markets, new, you know, new customer bases, new, new, whatever. Um, I think that's a, it's, it's, it's a fluid definition, just as, as fluid as um, how people try to define rounds of venture where there's seed and pre-seed and all these, like everybody keeps redefining them based on whatever they think. I think that's the same thing with startup versus corporate. Um, Cause you have startups that are multi-million dollars and you have corporations that don't make a dollar um, like Twitter and some of these other big, big tech companies for years, they didn't, they weren't profitable they technically weren't a startup, but they weren't a profitable corporation either. But yet it, they still existed in the same world. So that, I think that was it really kind is- of my point is like, I always thought that you start up kind of as a crutch, like we're edgy or we haven't really made it yet. <laughs> so like he'll just throw startup on it. And, and, you know, that's okay. uh, right. Right. Then we're, you know, don't worry about it. And say we're fledgling or yeah. Um, so you mentioned Detroit Startup Week. For people who aren't aware of it, can you tell us a little bit about it and maybe 
yeah. where it's going. Absolutely. So um, Detroit Startup Week uh, is a, it's, Sounds like it's just one week of, of things that happens, but it, it literally is a year-round um, experience. Um, and what it has been for us and for the Detroit and the broader Michigan community um, is the largest entrepreneurship con- um, conference in Michigan. Um, and, and in many years in the Midwest, um, we've had it multiple years. When it launched, um, we had the largest inaugural startup week of any city um, that was hosting them in the country. Um, and so what it is, is it's a collection of education events. Um, all about entrepreneurs, whether you're early stage, late stage, growth stage, um, startup, <laughs> um, whether you're an investor, whether you're um, an ecosystem developer or any of those kind of things are a part of these, these different roles that we play to get these companies um, scaled. Um, it's a collection of people who are experts um, getting a chance to come together and do free open workshops that are teaching folks how they can um, start their business, scale their business, um, supercharge their marketing, all that kind of stuff. Um, it started back um, 2015, 2016 timeframe. Um, it's steadily grown year over year. Um, traditionally, it's between 150 to like 200 plus events over five days. That's the core of Startup Week um, um, set up. But um, we always have had pre-programming. We've always had post-programming. Um, and then and for the bulk of it, we also attached it with um, um, Dan Gilbert, who's always um, Dan Gilbert and team. And initially um, was uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, um, where I've been our long-term um, pre- premium sponsors. Um, but um, Dan Gilbert and team with Rock Ventures, they um, had attached and partnered with us on the Detroit Demo Day. And so we would give a million dollars away um, in, in a multi, multi-stage competition, um, different levels for folks every year. So it was a pretty massive movement that we ran for years all the way up until the pandemic. <laughs> Um, then in the pandemic, we did a virtual startup week, still had a really hefty, um, outcome and, um, people coming on board. We did it, you know, did it a virtual platform or whatnot. And we switched all the content to be, okay, now instead of just how do you start your business, how do you start your business in COVID? Now, instead of how do you finance your business, how do you finance your business in COVID? You know, how do you shift when your team is distributed and all those kind of things. So it was a lot of, um, that's what we do every year. We we're really intentional on design thinking on strategy, on involving the community and getting our stakeholders to let us know what the biggest needs are for the entrepreneurial community. And then bringing those, those in and, and, and sourcing, um, education roundtables, venture investor matching, co, co, uh, co-founder matching, all that kind of stuff around those needs. Um, and so it's a pretty massive thing. Um, and again, that's the community side. And then that's led into where we are now. Um, also back in 2016 was when we did the first Techstars Detroit Accelerator. Um, that one was Techstars Mobility, only focused on mobility. And what we're super excited about right now is Techstars Detroit is relaunching right now. Um, and I was super excited to be tapped to be the managing director of Techstars Detroit. And so it has, um, we're open, we're industry agnostic. Um, we Any vertical, any, um, any, any place, we tend to see a lot of people in B2B SaaS, we tend to see a lot of people in AI, XR, we see, tend to see a lot of people in Web3, um, anything in the fintech space. And we do see a lot of hardware, a lot of mobility, um, but we also see a ton of other things too, ag tech, mag tech, um, at, any, any, any and all in between. And we're open to all of those. Um, and so it's a three-month program. It's launching this fall, um, September 2020. Um, I think they've, um, so 2022, um, it's September 12th is the first date. Uh, and then it runs for three months um, until the first week of December. And then we'll have our demo day um, on December 8th. And so right now we're live and in the midst of recruiting companies and, and, and vetting them for um, participation. And so we're just super excited to be able to bring this back after a, a couple of years of hiatus. Um, we're just super excited to bring this back and have this chance to invest in. Um, it'll run twice a year. 
Um, so it'll be two, we'll run two cohorts every year. So each one will have 12 companies. And so we're just super excited that we'll be doing two dozen companies a year. We'll be getting a hundred to $120,000 investment um, plus the Techstars program, plus the Techstars connections, plus the JP Morgan connections, because JP Morgan is um, our, our core sponsor. Um, the, the JP Morgan investors um, are the core sponsor of the initiative. Um, and it's industry agnostic and it's open to all founders, but we are also focusing the recruiting on diverse founders. So um, it's a really wide playing field of opportunity for the Detroit, Michigan community. And I'm, I'm excited to have a chance to lead it. So I'm curious, to, I'm curious to get your take as to, you know, last two years being a COVID, you brought that up as to companies born out of COVID. Um, I'm starting to see it or he, you know, obviously the video stuff that's played, but there's companies now where like, well, I'm stuck at home. What am I supposed to do? So like, there's some like gym equipment and stuff like that. Like people are like, well, what am I supposed to do? So what, have you seen anything locally or anything that like was literally born out of COVID? I think there's a lot of those of just like, how do you. A lot of, I would say, definitely cybersecurity, definitely different spaces like that, because now you have all these people doing confidential data, um, finance data, all that kind of stuff from their homes. Um, they're not on the corporate network, things like that. I saw a lot of companies in that space. Ton of obviously video plays and mobility plays, but even more so, um, a lot more companies were born into the, like the on demand, like really kind of pushing the, the the envelope on what does on demand mean? Um, is it every? Is it just you know that you're delivering supplies, or now what services can you deliver? What experiences can you deliver? Um, you know all those kind of things. I think all those are born obviously out of need and necessity, but just because the world has changed now, it, some of them have bucked past being just a trend or you know a hot fad to being part of you know society, and then that they've been able to grow and expand based on that. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, we follow the, I follow the restaurant industry pretty close and you, you, you know, a lot of them shut down and you have other ones that tripled their business because they mastered, you know, delivery and online and the services. And, you know, they, they created six different ghost restaurants out of their yep. single, you know, place. So like people that they, you know, having to evolve. So that's why I'm like completely fascinated with people that like literally picked up and shifted to kind of match what, what the economy is like now, because if you look at right, what's going on right now, like people aren't going to be driving as much over, you know, this summer. So like, (laughs) right. So like almost like we're stuck back home in quarantine. Um, You're going to see it. So like, all right, now what happens? Because we just started opening back up Mm -hmm. and we're going to get shut right back down Mm -hmm. for the most part, you know, we're not forced to, but, yeah, but it's, you you know, spending $109 on a gas tank, you know, it kind of hurts a little bit. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm just curious as to, like, you don't have to have an answer, but I'm just, I'm, I'm genuinely curious as to see how things are going to start shifting back again as things start opening back up. So, uh, you know, I guess what's your take on, on all that, what's going on? No, I think, I think that's exactly um, right on point. I think thinking about the, the number of companies who, used to have all of their, all of their, you know, all of their employees, I should say in the same space. And now they're not. So that's part of it. The other part of it is then thinking through like, how, how do you create experiences that build teams and and make strong companies and strong foundations and all that kind of stuff. They've got to figure that out. They also have got to figure out uh, the thing I saw that I liked um, is that, you know, a lot of the work that I do is, you know, in all levels of, you know, community building and venture building and trying to help, you know, people who have businesses um, understand, how to make their businesses profitable and sustainable. And so many of those folks were not digital um, before the pandemic and were not, had no intention of going digital any way, shape or form, whether that's delivery, whether that's orders, whether that's management, whether that's whatever. And so many of them had to go digital or they, or they died. 
like you mentioned, like some some got it and some didn't. And so I think that part was a, a gain, if you will, it was like a push forward. And people who I never thought would have been digital, never thought would have, you know, had work from home or, you know, mobile jobs and all that kind of stuff had to change their whole business models based off of that. And that's well, I'm seeing like like enterprise software, you know, the the meeting space or the the meeting booking software was like kind of weak. Nobody cared. Right. Like I book a meeting. Who cares? Whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> but now it's like they're adding analytics to it. And they're saying, hey, you got this, you know, 16,000 square foot office. You got 19 meeting rooms. 12 of them used like 20%. And like, no, you know, no one's in the office. So now like, you know, reconsider downspacing. So it's almost now those type of software companies are like adding ROI, which they never added ROI. But now it's like they're a massive ROI player in the real estate game. So it's, it's I'm fascinated with all these companies that are like being birthed out of this necessity and this complete 180 change that we had to do as a society. So yeah. it's just been it's been fun to watch. Yeah, me too. I love I love that. I love anything in the in, like this. In, this is what do they say? Necessity is the mother of all innovation. Like yeah, it, yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. That was my so my favorite part about this whole process that you do that I I would like pay money to be a part of is like the Gong Show part and to like tell people like be like the Gordon Ramsay that tells people their ideas are trash. Um, we only you had trash. <laughs> I'm just being no. We had one startup <laughs> that came on our show. That was hands down the worst idea. And we're usually very polite to everyone. And it was, uh, and I'll, I'm going to call them out. I don't care. Do you remember the Slurpee cups when you were a kid that had like baseball players on the bottom and they were like mm-hmm. 2D and you could like, you know, mm-hmm. well, you got rid of business cards, but you had like that. So you handed people like your little, this little Slurpee token with like a six digit code, like TK421. And then you went to the website and plugged it in and then it brought up all your contact info. Right. I know. So, so like we're sitting there going, so you're getting rid of business cards by giving people round business things that they can't carry. Right. right. Okay. Wait, 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 Bob. I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my face on. That's very interesting. Perhaps we'll need to do some more work on that and refine it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) See, no, I want the no filter one where I'm just like, see, no, my favorite part of American Idol is always when they, you know, the people in the beginning where they show like the crazy people that don't sing and they're just besides (laughs) themselves. And it's like these best of reels. I'd rather watch that than watch, you know, every opera singer on there. So like, that's why I'm like, oh, I, I so want to be part of a panel once just to be like, are you like, are you kidding me? Like, who, who I mean, we, I, I could, I, the things that people, the things that people pitch to me are insane. Um, and they, some of them like have no chance of making money. And that's the, and I, I, I say that, but I say that nicely, obviously try to, because it's hard to get up and pitch your idea and like, you know, put something out there in the world. So I try to always be cognizant of that because you never know if like people are just trying to be you know, trying to be a, a shit and, or sorry, trying to be a jerk and, and like, yeah, 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 or they're, or they're really like, think this is going to work. You know, I, I figured it out. Um, like, do you remember like, the stadium P app? The who? It was uh, when you're like, uh, let's say I'm at Comerica Park and I'm in section 113. Uh-huh. And you, it's crowd sort, it's crowd, not crowdfunded. What's the word, Randy? Oh, oh this is like where to find the best bathroom. Yes. I, I like, well, that. now I'm in line. Now I check in and I say how many people are in line. So the person behind me knows how many people are in line. Nobody cares so it's that like, much, dude. <laughs> I know. It's like, if I got to pee, I'm not walking 17 sections over. I'm like, I'm peeing. Because I'm just going to stay in line in this bathroom. Right. <laughs> and they got like, they got $2 million, I think, in funding. But I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's, there's part of like, the thing I always tell all my, my founders is like, 
you want to put your hat on as an investor, there's good money and there's bad money. And the problem with the bad money is that, you know, some people think it's just crazy enough. It just might work. So let's just throw some cash at it and see if it just might work. There's a lot of people out there like that. But the problem with that is that if they're not doing any vetting on their end, then it makes you spend time and energy and all that kind of stuff on something that won't work. And so unfortunately, that puts everybody in a bad spot because now you're mad because it doesn't work and they're mad because they didn't get their money back out. And it, it's just not good. <laughs> I'll never forget one of the guys I did the uh, Worst Meatball Sandwich Ever podcast with. His name was Mark Pants. Hands down the funniest human being I ever met. Okay. And he used to do a whole bunch of stuff like with Nain Rouge and with the the Squared Circle Review Wrestling at, at Tangent. And he was had a it. million okay. dollars. He was the voice of Podcast Detroit where he's like, you're okay. listening to. I was like, maybe I, I don't but, know uh, I made that. Okay. He did a podcast called Mustard and Onions and it was all bits that he would think was funny when he was sitting around the house. And one of them was an app for uh, a resale for unused six-foot party subs from from parties. So in the way he spun it, honest to God, it was the funniest thing ever. He goes, do you ever, you just have a graduation party and now you got three feet left of that six foot sub you buy? He goes, put it on the, whatever, the, the, the party sub marketplace. And, and it sounded like a legit commercial. It's, it makes me laugh to this day. I like, again, I'll never be as funny as that man, but, um, you know, I always, I always think of that when I think of these startup pitches. But then it's the same thing. But exactly as, as I'm saying this, that's the crazy. Some of the crazy stuff is who would have ever thought? Like, think about Airbnb. Like, who would have ever thought if you told somebody that you were going to give them your couch that that you'd make a multi million billion dollar company off of it? It wasn't. No, originally wasn't it a blow up mattress? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what it was. That's how they pitched it. They initially pitched it as like you're going to come and we're going to swap blow up mattresses and go and put them in people's living rooms and they're going to like it. Like, <laughs> and I like, can't believe people rent their houses out to begin with. I don't want anybody stinking up my bed sheets and I don't want anybody going through anything. my drawer. You know, especially now, like I don't want people anywhere. But I mean, if no, you have I mean, extra property, buying oh. a cabin up north maybe and renting it. That's what I'm saying. Like extra property that you want to like make free, maybe. But well, I remember. You know. um it was probably 15 years ago ish when they started talking about the shared economy where like there was one guy in the neighborhood that would buy like the heavy duty lawnmower and like everybody else neighbors using. would rent it for 15 bucks. They're doing everything. They're doing shared pools now, shared pools tools now. Yeah. Like you can share, like you can, you can rent out other people's pools. So like you can let people rent your pool for the day. That's um, another no, no, I don't yeah, know. Like, in my pool. Like you can rent your pools for the day. You can like, obviously you can people can rent out their cars. Um, they're like oh, and the other one that's kind of weird too is like you can rent out your space in your garage or in your attic. So like if people want to store stuff, like and you have space in your garage, you can give people compartments and like and, that, and that's a space that they can use for storage. Like and and I get the concept, but I'm like I was like what? Uh, like people are crazy. So like Toro, I remember we did ad reads for Toro, and I'm like, there's no way I'm letting somebody use my car. Yeah, there's no way. But people do it. People or the other one that um I saw when I was in Maryland was actually pretty. It was the opposite version. You have the car, um, but you hire somebody to be a driver for the day, and so they just drive you around in your car. I think it's called driver D R I V R. I think that was it. Um, it actually worked because we were getting a tour of the city. So the the guy who was um who he had a big old suburban and he was like giving us like a a backseat tour of the city. And so the driver was doing all the driving and he was just doing all the talking. It kind of worked, but at the same time, I was thinking like when we were going into buildings and things like that, the stranger has your car now. <laughs> like, but some people that's okay. It just depends. So I'm gonna give my pitch right now. Uh-oh. And it's something I've been talking about for a long time, and I think it's got legs because I think it's, it's it fits a niche. Wait 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 um, wait wait Bob Bob Bob. Uh, okay yeah you're putting on that you're putting on the, the business face now um it's called pooper p-o-o-p-r and it's and it's and it's a and the business face is gone it's a no but it's 
It's a Yelp review app for public restrooms. Okay, so, I, I thought they had that. I don't. Nothing's been done that's like like ubiquitous. I thought I thought they had. It was a long time ago, but I I think somebody did. But that's okay. We always tell people that's okay. You can do it better. But yeah, okay, okay. No, but you see, like as guys, we don't care. But like as ladies, I think you care. Oh, we do so, like, a lot, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like when you you know, okay, there's four corners. You know what I mean? I'm on a road trip. You know, what do I do? And you know what I mean? So like, again, you know, I don't sponsored by Charmin. Who knows? You know what I mean? That's could be. This is one of those. I, I, that's why I, I feel like it. I feel like they did that. I don't know. See, now this is here's the thing. When everybody says it's crazy, this podcast was was you know spun up on a bar napkin. Podcast Detroit was spun up on a bar napkin. So like, you know, why don't we do this? Okay, so I'm figuring why not. You know, I just need someone to code an app. That's all. You know, you can do drag and drop. Do bubble bubble dot um is. I'll make um, Randy do it. Drag and drop. Create. They'll they'll create it for you. Simple. Simple. It's not. So see, you, I, I thought it was going to be bad. That's not. That's not unheard of. People think about that all the time. No, there's a use for it. Uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't something that was like goofy. It's um, definitely a better else, idea than the uh, San Francisco streets sidewalk poop map. There is one. Um, no, but you know what else I wanted? So this was born out of. So it's a dual thing. It's networking, but it's also for gaydar. I'm being dead serious. So like when you're in, let's say I'm in a room. Let's say I'm at the Breakman yesterday, and there's 300 people in the room. Okay. And let's say I'm there for a networking event. And I want to meet 13. I want to meet Java developers. And there's 13 Java developers in the room. Okay. And I basically like shoot them a business card. Okay. Saying, I mean, I'm in the Breakman. I'd love to meet you. And you say yes or no. Okay. What's wrong with that? Right. So, right. And then like Gator too. Same thing. It's like walking up to someone in a, in a restaurant. I don't want to say it's embarrassing these days, but it was five years ago, maybe to walk up and say, Hey, you know, are you interested in me? And they're like, Oh no, I'm, you know, especially if you're at like a, tgi fridays or something you know what i mean they're all gone but you know what i mean mm-hmm. and just to say like hey you know are, i'm at this place this is what i'm looking for and just like send an invisible business cards you know because we used to do those events with like 1500 people like how do you filter through 1500 people to get to the three people you really need to talk to they, but i think they have that too bob i think they have that linkedin has a search thing now but they didn't for the longest time no i'm it's saying like, like in proximity. the dating space like the dating space there, there, there's some that were proximity um based and you could do it based on whatever your criteria was so like if your criteria is you're looking for men you're looking for women or you're looking for tall people short people whatever um you can when you got close to them as long as you were both on the app then you both could find each other see i'm not i'm gonna take your i don't care if someone has it again i'm gonna do it better just like That's there's 7800 pizza places out there you know what i mean you're gonna tell lebron james no they because little money. caesars exist exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. they make money my my, I so I said a long time ago. I said I wanted to do a, a two flush toilet, one flush number one flush number two flush, and everybody's like, "Well, it's got patent, it's got patents in Australia," and I'm like, "Okay, I won't do it." And now it's like now it's just starting to come out from like the big, you know, I could have got the U.S. patent for that, you know. See, let me tell you, every, most of the people that we we always joke about this, like when I meet like in a in a room with a lot of rich investors and you ask them like how much how they make their money, a lot of them was like, "Oh, I'm an investor," blah blah blah. But so many of them made toilet bowls toilet spongers like uh, handles door handles just weird stuff and like they made billions of dollars and like i'm like i really was thinking you were like this tech genius who created you know uber 3.0 but no you created door handles but that's how that's because everybody needs them is that bad that two of two of my three ideas were bathroom related i don't know it might be a i need a new hobby i think they call it it's the toothbrush test it's like the thing that you think about or do every day that's the thing that can make a lot of money because that's the thing that uh, everybody needs to do point taken yeah yeah 
So you're recruiting now for for tech stars. How do you uh, how do we get how do we get involved? Um, bitly um, bit dot ly forward slash and then it's tech stars Detroit t e c h s t a r s Detroit and then the letter e and the letter x. So it's e x at the end. Tech stars Detroit e x and that's the extended Make application. That easier. I try. Harder, I mean. <laughs> I try because the original one was for the earlier deadlines, but this is the extended deadline. <laughs> if I don't make funny, that means I don't like this. So you know. <laughs> oh my god, I did that at work the other day. There's the, the the whole team's in from from out of state, and the one girl walks in front of me in the main lobby, and she drops a bunch of stuff. Oh. And as she's picking it up, and I go, you know, if you were one of my best friends, I would tell you that you dropped something just now. And she she stared a dagger at me like she wanted to murder me. So I saw her for drinks afterwards, and I go. You don't hate my guts, do you? Like I'm, I'm the jovial one in the office, you know. And she goes, "Oh my god, I was just, I was late for a meeting that I was running into, and you just like <laughs> caught me at the worst time." And I'm like, "Sorry, sorry <laughs> I didn't. Sorry, I didn't make that any better." <laughs> if it was rainy, I would have said something a lot worse. But that's another story for another day. So, Bitly slash Techstars Detroit EX. Yeah. All right, we'll have I'll those definitely put that link notes. in the show notes for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> And we'll post it on uh, LinkedIn too as well. But uh, wish you nothing but continued success and better health. Um, we were on a. I know. I think we need to go have coffee and trade notes because we're on the same. This is this weird trajectory, the same path of uh, of bad health lately. Um, but that's all good. It's always great seeing you, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And we'll talk to you very soon, um, Monica Wheat, Techstars Detroit. Always great talking to her. Uh, we're going to wrap things up for episode 438. On behalf of Bob and Randy, do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it. Thank you, guys. Thank you.